You're listening to a sermon from Leewood Baptist Church. For more information about us, visit our website at leewoodbaptist.com. Right about a year, we have been walking through this gospel, the gospel of John, and we are here at the very end of it. I gave this illustration a few months ago, that one, uh, illustration of a road trip with your kids. And on that road trip, your kids are beginning to ask, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? And um, if they're like my kids, it's usually about 15 minutes out of the driveway. But uh, here we are. We are at the end. We've arrived at our destination. And so what we're going to do this morning, we're going to cover the entire uh, book of gospel, the gospel of John. We're going to review. So we'll be here a little bit. Now we're just going to hit some of the highlights, especially the I am statements of Jesus. But if you have a Bible, and I hope you do, and if you don't own a Bible, you don't have a Bible and you would like one, you can see a Bible in the pew in front of you. That is our church's gift to you. Those Bibles are there. They are meant to be given away. And so if you would like to take that with you, if you don't own a copy of God's Word, we encourage you to take that with you. But here in John chapter 21, We've seen Jesus's ministry come to an end on earth. He's been crucified. He's been resurrected. And so let's look at verses 24 through 25 of the Gospel of John, and then we're going to be bouncing around a little bit together. It says this, This is the disciple who testified to these things and who wrote them down. We know that his testimony is true. There are also many other things that Jesus did, which if every one of them were written down, I suppose not even the world itself could contain the books that would be written. Isn't that incredible to think about? Here John's writing kind of a see you later statement, an ending to his book, and he's saying that there are so many other things that Jesus did on earth that if someone could possibly write it all down, that the books that the, that the world could not contain the books that would be written about it. Not an incredible thought. Now I'll turn over to John chapter twenty. I want us to go back for just a moment because here we are at the end of the Gospel of John, and we need to ask ourselves the question. I hope as we've been journeying through this in the last year together as a faith family, I hope you've been asking yourself the question, what is the point? What is the point of this book? I hope any book you read, you ask, what is the point of this book? I hope as you read Scripture and you walk through the Bible, whether it's any book in the Bible, you ask yourself, what is the point? What is the writer inspired by God trying to write? If you're reading the Bible and maybe you're, you don't have a lot of experience in it and you feel like it's, it might be a little bit of an intimidating to read, one of the first questions to ask yourself as you read the Bible is what? What is it saying? What does it mean? In one of our institutes a year ago on a Wednesday night, we talked about how to read the Bible for yourself. And we talked about what does it say? What do we see in the passage? Well, as we've been going through the Gospel of John, we need to ask ourselves the question, what? What does all of this mean? 
What's the point? What is John trying to, under the inspiration of God, what is John trying to communicate to us? Well, John puts a really good thesis statement together. Now, typically in writing classes, I'm not a good writer, but and I think I remember in college, I don't remember much about college, but if I, if I remember anything about college in a writing class, the teacher said to have a good thesis statement typically at the front end of whatever you're writing. Well, John gives us the thesis statement at the end. And this is what he says. So look at John chapter 20, verses 30 through 31. John says, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples that are not written in this book. Remember, some theologians and scholars call the gospel of John the book of signs. That Jesus performed different signs. Like in John chapter 2, when Jesus was at the wedding of Cana, they ran out of wine, and so Jesus turned water into wine. And it says that in John chapter 2, it says that this was the first of his signs. Signs of what? Jesus was showing the sign that he was God, God in the flesh, the Messiah. And then verse 31, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. Don't we need life? We need life. Every one of us need life. We need life desperately. Jesus even said when he came, he basically gave his purpose statement of why he came. He said, I I came to bring life and that those who believe in me may have it abundantly, may have life abundantly. So we are each in, in need of life. And Jesus at his core brings life. We desperately need life in the deadness of who we are in our souls and in our, in our innermost being, as Paul describes in Ephesians 2. The Apostle Paul says in Ephesians 2 that we are dead in our trespasses and sin and that we desperately need life. And so Jesus brings life. And so John says that these, all that is written in this book is written down so that we may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. And that belief in that believing that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, there's a result. Something happens. Because that as we believe, we may have life in his name. Now, we need to talk about how we get this life. It's by believing. Now, we need to talk about believing because believing, especially in our culture, is a really, really confusing word. Because we can believe in our sports teams and more often than not be disappointed We can believe in people and perhaps even believe the best about people and put a lot of stock in in believing in people. But somewhere along along the line, if we really believe in people, they're going to disappoint and there's going to be hurt. We have intellectual belief. 
But that's not what the Bible's talking about, is believing in our sports team or believing the best about the person or an intellectual, intellectual belief. Because, I mean, really, we have intellectual belief all the time. Like, we believe in George Washington. I hope you believe in George Washington. I don't think any of us ever saw George Washington. Maybe you did. And if you did, I have a lot of questions but we believe in George Washington. He was our first president. We, he's the father of our country, but ultimately he died. But we believe he actually did exist. That is not what the kind of belief that Scripture's talking about. We're not talking about just believing that Jesus existed. And here, here in America, in the United States, it's fairly normal to believe in Jesus. If we were to take a poll of just random people in our own community, I think the vast majority of people would say, yes, I believe in Jesus. But the belief that John's talking about here, the belief that Jesus talked about consistently while he was here on earth, and we see proof of this in the Gospel of John, is not the same belief as like a historical figure. Believing in Jesus is wanting him more than anything else. It's wanting Jesus more than our comfort. Wanting Jesus more than our way of life or lifestyle. See, many people believe in Jesus. They believe he existed. They believe he was a good person. They believe he was almost just this, the male version of Mother Teresa. But many, many people believe in Jesus, but they don't really want him to mess with how they live. And don't we live like that sometimes? We believe in Jesus. We believe the best about Jesus. We like Jesus. We could even be described as a fan of Jesus. But we, when we, we really don't want Jesus to mess with our, our comfort level. We really don't want Jesus to mess with our lifestyle. We, we like to have Jesus as a, an, an add-on, as a, we like to have Jesus kind of as like a little bit of a sidekick, or you even see the license plate, Jesus is my co-pilot, and we like to have Jesus off to the side when we really need him. And when, as long as Jesus is off onto the way of side, off to the side, and life is good, and there's money in the savings account, and health is good, and family is good, and we have a good, consistent job, then we're pretty okay. We're okay with that. And many of us live in this idea of where we're fans of Jesus. We go to church. We say we love Jesus, but we go to church because it makes us feel good, like we're doing something good. Or we say we're serving Jesus, but really what we're doing is we're serving so other people, may, maybe they'll be impressed by us. Or maybe we're serving because we can try to put off some kind of guilt that we're carrying or earn some kind of favor or brownie points with God. But many people believe in Jesus, and the reality is when it's really studied and looked at and, and, and pure, honest evaluation has taken place, we believe in Jesus, but we don't really want Jesus to mess with our lives. Well, faith family, that's not belief. 
believing in Jesus as he defines it, as John shares in the Gospel of John, is that we are so serious in growing in our knowledge of him. We've seen in the Gospel of John that believing Jesus is following him with radical abandonment. Believing in Jesus is abiding in him. Believing in Jesus is wanting him more than anything else. And so we really have to ask ourselves the question here, do I truly believe Jesus? Not talking about his existence or maybe that he performed miracles or did good things or even dying on the cross for the sins of the world. What are we talking about when we talk about believing in Jesus? Because this is a really, really important thing because eternity is at stake. So what does it mean to believe in Jesus? You could be here this morning, and this is the first time you've really heard anything about this, and so you're really curious, and you've got a lot of questions before you believe Jesus. Understand, been there, done that, bought the t-shirt, been there. You could be here, and you've gone to church for decades and decades And you look at your life and you say, I believe in Jesus, but it really hasn't changed your life at all. Your life is the same whether you believed in Jesus or not. So when we're talking about believing Jesus, as the Gospel of John talks about, what are we talking about? What does it really mean to believe Jesus? Because honestly, this is the question of all of life. This is the question of all of history. What are you, what am I going to do with Jesus? So you're probably saying, Adam, get on with it. Define, what does it mean to believe Jesus? Well, to believe Jesus, as it says here in the Gospel of John, is to believe who he says he is, And did what he said he did. So what are some of the things that Jesus said that we've seen in the Gospel of John? We saw in John chapter 6, verses 35 through 51, Jesus said he fed the 5,000 with five loaves and two fishes. You know the story. Jesus does this, and then he teaches the people later on. He says, I am the bread of life. Eat of me and you'll never be hungry again. What's Jesus talking about when he says, I am the bread of life? Jesus said, if you feast on me spiritually, that you will ultimately find complete and utter satisfaction. You will be sustained. Why would Jesus say that? Because he knows human nature and Jesus knows that if we We will run and we will look to anything else to sustain us, to satisfy us. So Jesus is saying, I am the only thing that ultimately will satisfy in life. I am the only thing that will sustain in life. He says this in John chapter 6, verses 35 through 51. Jesus said in John chapter 8 and John 9, I am the light of the world. Jesus is saying, I will reveal, I will expose truth. 
We've talked about how every one of us are on the same journey. We are on a journey and a search for truth. And Jesus says, I am the ultimate source of truth. I will open your eyes and I will show you the truth. I am the light of the world. He's the light of the world and that he exposes, just like a light would expose darkness. Jesus exposes truth. He exposes sin. He exposes who we really are. And that's why often we like to have Jesus off to the side and not Jesus into the center. Jesus told the religious leaders of the day, he said, before Abraham was, I am. John, John 8, verse 48, Jesus said, before Abraham was, I am. When Abraham, the revered father, thousands of years before existed, Jesus said, before Abraham was, I am. That was a direct claim to his the divine nature. I am, a, I am deity. I am God in the flesh. Before Abraham was, I am. I am eternal. I've always existed, and I always will exist. Jesus said in John chapter 10, I am the door for the sheep. I am the gateway to knowing God the Father. You want to know God, he told the people, you want to know God the Father, then you've got to go through me. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. John chapter 10, verses 11 through 14. I am the good shepherd. Jesus said, I will care for you. Just as a shepherd cares for his sheep, I will care for you. I will provide for you. I will protect you. In John chapter 11, and that's really the pinnacle of the gospel of John, Jesus raises a dead man, Lazarus, from the dead. Jesus goes to the funeral, and he raises the guy from the dead. That's not a normal occurrence. Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead, and then he goes on, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. John 11, verse 25. I am the resurrection and the life. Jesus said, just as I've raised Lazarus, I have raised the dead. I am here to raise you from the dead spiritually. I am here to regenerate you. I am here to regenerate you. You are in the need of spiritual regeneration, of resurrection. Jesus said, John chapter 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Jesus was telling his disciples, you have to abide in me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. There's no way you can know God but through me. Jesus said, John chapter 15, I am the true vine. Stay connected to me. Just as like a main vine or tree trunk of a tree provides life, I am that true vine. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches, and without me you can do nothing. So all throughout the Gospel of John, we see these I am statements, and ultimately these I am statements are he is saying, I am God. In Exodus, Moses was watching his father-in-law's sheep. What a job, watching sheep and working for your father-in-law. Moses was watching his father-in-law's sheep, and he looked up onto the side of the mountain, and what did he see? A bush that was on fire, and it wasn't burning. 
Moses goes up to check it out, and all of a sudden, God speaks out of the burning bush. Moses asks God, like, what, what, what do you want with me? And God tells Moses, I want you to go back to Egypt. I want you to take my covenant people, Israel, out of Egypt and lead them to freedom, out of slavery. Moses said, well, if I go, they're going to ask who sent me. What right, what authority do I have for you to send me? And what did, Mo, what did God tell Moses? Tell them, I am has sent me. That's a direct link to the eternal nature of God. And so when Jesus says, I am the bread of life, I am the light of the world, before Abraham was, I am. I am the door of the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the true vine. When Jesus says that, he is making a direct claim to God. Now, there's a lot of layers to this, this belief that we're talking about so we can have life. There's a lot that is encapsulated in believing Jesus, and that is why it is a lifelong journey. For some of us, believing in Jesus may have happened in one moment, but if we're not careful, careful we can believe that walking an aisle and signing a piece of paper and getting wet in a baptistry means we believe Jesus. Well, that doesn't mean anything. What it really means is what it talks about, what the Scripture talks about, that believing in Jesus is that we believe He is who He says He is and did what he, and believe He did what He said He did. So the question we each have to ask ourselves, do we truly believe Jesus? No matter how long, and even if we've been in church for a hundred years, or this is the first time you've ever walked into a church, what do we believe about Jesus? And because of our belief, do we see in our lives, has our lives been radically changed by Jesus? Is there a marked difference because we believe in Jesus? Is there evidence that we truly believe Jesus? There's a great book that I encourage you to read along this topic because this is a very large and deep topic when we're talking about believing Jesus. There's a great book that I, I really encourage you to read. It's called Stop Asking Jesus Into Your Heart. It's written by J.D. Greer. He's the president of the Southern Baptist Convention. I have much respect for J.D. J.D. Greer wrote this book, Stop Asking Jesus Into Your Heart. And the premise and the thesis of that book is we've created this idea that if we ask Jesus into our heart, we are then saved. But really, it's not about a prayer or asking Jesus into our heart. It's, at, it's really about believing who Jesus is. 
believing that he is who he says he is, and he did what he said he did. So I encourage you to to read that book. It sounds heretical when we first hear it, but read the book. Stop Asking Jesus Into Your Heart by J.D. Greer. Because ultimately, it's not about doing good things for Jesus. It's not about any, anything we can do. Ultimately, it's just about a work of God in our hearts to believe Jesus. As we believe Jesus, then we will truly have and experience life. Pray with me. Jesus, thank you for coming to this planet. Thank you for doing what you did, for saying what you said. And Jesus, we need help. We need help to believe. Lord, even if we've been true followers and believers and Christians for you for many years, we still need help to believe. There are days when we need help to believe. Help us to believe. Holy Spirit, I ask that if there is anyone here today that has never truly believed in Jesus, that today you'd open their eyes to the need to believe. For those that are believers and followers of you, I pray that you would take these claims and that you would use it to strengthen our belief so we can follow you with radical abandonment and point others to you. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you're in the Kansas City area, we'd love to have you be our guest. We're located at 8200 State Line Road in Leewood, Kansas. Worship services are on Sunday mornings at 1030. To learn more about us, visit our website at leewoodbaptist.com.